Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 72 for Thursday, July 23rd. It's opening day. I am Alex Uwe here today with Alex Rudy, Farbode Markazi, and Ray Estrada. How you guys doing? Doing great. Baseball. Doing good. Woo! <laughs> baseball. I'm camping baseball. When this thing comes out. Yes, I, you will yeah. be. That's that's pretty exciting. Get to do something different. Get out of the house and feel yeah. normalish. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't believe baseball's back. So going to be responsible with masks and social distancing. Yes, please, yeah. please do. I, I hope everybody out there is is still being very safe and responsible. But now we have this uh this one extra joy to hopefully distract us a little bit from everything else that's going on in the world. Baseball is back, and it is going to be really weird and really different than we've ever seen it before. 60-game sprint to the playoffs. And I think it's it sounds plenty weird when you say it out loud like that. I, I Giving a little context to what a 60-game season will look like by the end of things, when we see the outcomes, when we see the production of players going through these stretches. Like, this is a season that's going through what is essentially a midsummer hot streak for some for some players or uh, you know a hot streak down the stretch or somebody comes up the gates hot like the full season swing the the ebbs and flows of a regular season are i don't think are going to be condensed based on based on what we've seen from 60 game samples i don't think it on for the most part will condense down and still have those same ebbs and flows just at a shorter period i think it'll be wildly polar one way or the other players who are streaky yeah. will be really good or they'll be really bad. And the consistent players, they'll be valuable, but they really will have to to step up early and and not waste any time. I think we'll see players playing like that as well, playing with that that playoff stretch intensity right out the gates, which is going to influence the way things go. So, yeah, today we're going to be looking at a little bit deeper at what a 60 game season could look like based on some records and some data from past seasons. And we will also be giving some bold predictions on how we think certain players or certain teams or certain outcomes that we think will be crazy, even for a season like this, if that makes sense. So that's, that's where we're at. That's what we're doing today. Let's get right into it. Farbo, do you want to do you want to get us started here and talk a little bit about some sixty game records? Yes, absolutely. So we are, are we're going off the article, correct? Um, yeah, yeah. We're we're go, we're, we're going to be going off of article by CBS Sports. It was MLB sixty game record book. Basically, all of these players that have these records, whether it's hits, home runs, strikeouts, um, strikeouts as pitchers, they all played 60 games or less in that season. This isn't just any top 60 game. Like they basically didn't go to fan graphs and say who had the best 60 game stretch in, in MLB history. These players had in this particular season for injury or for whatever reason played 60 games or less. Um, so starting off with hits, we have Reb Russell, um, the pirates in 1922, he had 81 hits in 60 games. Um, Fantastic that, name. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
he uh he batted 368 um yeah he that tied for second on that list in 60 games was uh Jose Reyes in 2016 and Willie McCovey in um 1959 with 68 hits um going into batting average we have Earl Brucker from the Athletics in 1938. He hit 374. Um, this doesn't have a second place, but 374. It, OPS plus 188. Willie McCovey, 1959. Well, let's let's go ahead and stop there for a moment because th- this is one thing that will kind of come up as as we talk about the likelihood of outcomes and and what's really extreme throughout the season is the difference between counting stats and rate stats. Uh, we've already discussed just the hits record, that which is a cumulative stat. Uh, as you compile more hits over the course of the season, that, that number will just continue to grow and grow and grow versus a rate stat like batting average where it, it will likely normalize to a certain certain percentage of the time that you, you end up getting hits. If you're a good player, it'll be around 300, 30% of the time you're out there getting hit, but it's not just going to keep growing and growing as the season goes on. It will It will fluctuate based on your performance and it will, it will tell the, the overall story of how well you did in this stretch of time versus a category like hits where we, we know what a good season of hits looks like in a 162-game season. In a 200-hit season, great. What is that for a 60-game season? This is the kind of context that we're hoping we can kind of shed light on by looking through these articles and some other fan graphs type data that we'll, we'll get to later. So that's something I wanted to throw out there as well. Absolutely. So should we move on to the, what we want to do? What, what we want to do, what, what are we doing here? So, so these, uh, these records that you're discussing now, um, they're, they're important to consider. Uh, you can, there's a few more that I think are worth, looking at in this article as well um i think uh go ahead yeah i was just gonna say if you want to continue and and list off a few more of those and then we can just kind of discuss what surprised us from the these totals just at at a glance and what's different than we expected or what's about on par with what we expected absolutely so um after the ops plus we have matt olson 2017 he hit 24 home runs in 59 games uh, after that, Bubba Trammell um, in 1998 for the Rays and Bo Bichette in 2019 for the Blue Jays had 18 doubles in um, 59, 60 games. So um, we ha- we do have a very recent person to tie that number. Um, triples, Red Russell's back at it. 1922 Pirates, eight triples. So RBIs, Red Russell's back at it. 1922 Pirates, 75 RBI. So Reb Russell had a very, very good game. Very, very good 1922 season. Um, run scored. Who, guess who? Reb Russell, back at it. 51 <laughs> runs scored in 1922. Uh, so, what yeah. a season. <laughs> <Reb> Russell, uh, <laughs> bases. Uh, we have Eric Davis of the Reds in 1985. He had 16 bases. Batter strikeouts, 2014, Javi Baez with 96 strikeouts in um, in in 60 games or less, which is very crazy. War, this is kind of a interesting one that I think you guys, that surprised me the most. Brett Laurie um, had 
has the record in, in a in most war accumulated in sixty games with three point three with the Blue Jays in two thousand eleven. That is so that's the wild. That is my, yeah, and it's also yeah. the peak he, of his defensive powers. He had no ground. He didn't ground out into a double play. Um, defended well. Had a pretty solid offensive line. I mean, yeah, Gary, Gary Sanchez in 2016 came very close to that. He had a war of 3.0 in 53 games. Yeah, those those are some memorable stretches there. To, to do you want to go? Do you want to stop with the offensive right now, or do you want to go into the pitching too? I can go off that real quick. Yeah, let's let's t- let's pause and talk about offensive production a little bit, and just like what from this list really stands out. Rudy, was there anything to you that was like a shocking total, or any anything that you like? Some of these are things that we remember seeing as they were happening. Any of these, do you think you can, that can be broken this year? Uh. I think for me, you know, the the breaking comparison is hard because the context is very different and it's not an imperfect comparison. But I just think it's one thing that it reminds me of just like how uniquely in baseball, just like players can have runs that like totally do not encapsulate their career performance, but just stick in your memory. And like Josh, you know, Josh Johnson and uh, Brett Lowry on this list. And those are like two players that I just remember because of how good they were in, for example, especially the moments on this list that they, in my head, like I always associate with them with like their peak performance, but their careers are like in reality more known for like their injuries and disappointment and not fulfilling their potential. So I think just, I'm really excited just to see this year. I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but just like a lot of players have unexpectedly outstanding performance that we're able to look back on fondly in the future. I think on the side of breaking one of these records, um, one of the ones I think that can, can be broken is 24 homers by Matt Olson. Um, I mean, who knows? Matt Olson might break it himself again. But I also think batting average at 374 could be at least flirted with breaking because we've seen players start out seasons in the past with absurdly high batting averages. I mean, uh, Jose Altuve in the cheating year. See he had Cody really high Bellinger batting average. last year. See Cody <laughs> Bellinger last year. So, like, through 60 games, is it is it too out of line to say someone's going to hit 400 or close to 400, you know? Um, I think what we also have to consider is that it's not just, you know, certain guys who were hurt or, um, like, got called up middle of the year. This is the entire league with every elite player, every really good player getting a 60-game season. It's not just, you know, one or two guys who happen to be good who play 60 games in a year. So I think that's why some of these numbers might seem like you can easily see somebody breaking it because you have the entire league gunning for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think the, the better question is, which of these records do we think won't will, will stand after this season? Because this is so different when we're talking about single season records anyway. Like, everybody is playing within the bounds of this this 60 game mark no matter what this year all the best players all all the most unexpected play like everybody is going to fall under this so you know that's that's one thing why this this list maybe isn't as interesting as looking at just any 60 game samples 
throughout history like that would be interesting to find it and also honestly pretty difficult to compile a list like that but just for for reference here looking at a, a year ago looking at fan graphs and just sorting by uh, this this date a year ago july 23rd to the end of the season we see you know for instance the the most hits in that stretch was Trey Turner with 82 hits. And what is the record on this list? It's, it's, um, sorry, I'm scrolling up to it now. It's 81 hits. So like it was broken and Tim Anderson also had 81 hits in that same stretch last year. So it happened like these records are not all that impressive for 16 stretches, if that makes sense, just in, in isolated seasons, which is why I think so many of these are going to be broken, if not shattered. You know, some of these, I think, these, I think are pretty, pretty solid in holding up. I, I don't think anybody's going to knock in 75 runs, honestly. That seems like a steep mark. <laughs> That's I think the closest to knocking 75 runs would have to be on on maybe like the Dodgers. Uh, if you could take Cody Bellinger in that offense as a cleanup hitter, I, I think he might be able to flirt with that. But other than that, I think that's safe. I don't think anyone's going to hit eight triples. But then again, we might have an Evergatis situation. So... There are a lot of, of these stats that s- seem very unsafe to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if you want, I can I can go ahead and just share a couple more since I have this, this Fangraphs list open from, from last season. Um, the same period of time a year ago, Alex Bregman had 4.2 wins above replacement in that stretch. Which I, blows the the previous war, out of the 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 war record on from that article out of the water right with Brett Lowry's three point three, uh, Marcus Semyon also had four war in that stretch last year, very different um, time when you're thinking about these players putting up the numbers that they did. Um, if you look at home runs, for instance, in that stretch. Eugenio Suarez hit 22 home runs. Jorge Soler was right behind him with 21. Nelson Cruz hit 20. P. Alonso hit 20. Four players hit 20 home runs in this stretch. And plenty more really close behind uh, in the the high teens. So I guess uh, just a random throwout question there. How many players do you think will likely hit 20 home runs this year? Based on what I just told you, anything else that you, you think might end up happening? I don't know how to put a number on that because I don't want to go through each team and count the number of guys who I see could, who could hit 20 home runs. But I think a good amount of, of people could hit um, 20 or maybe flirt with 30 home runs this year. Well, I just named a few who probably weren't even the first to come to mind even, right, if, if you're thinking about that. And then you yeah. have, you can even consider, like, Aristides Aquino, one who – one of very memorable toward stretch last year hit 19 in that stretch. Then there's the, the potential for the, the out of nowhere guys who just get hot. Like what if a scooter Jeanette pops out of nowhere and hits four homers in a game and that that's going to make them very likely to, to do really un unseen things. This is, this is what really excites me about the season, the unknowns. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So do you guys have anything? Should I go down the pitchers? Yeah, I was going to ask if you guys had anything else to add in with regards to like offensive records this season. No, we're good. All right, let's let's do it. Let's hit the pitchers. 
1967, Ken Holtzman with the Cubs in 12 starts, um, won nine games. That's the nine wins is the record in this amount of games. 2010, Steven Strasburg in his rookie year struck out 92 batters uh, in just 68 innings and the 12 starts in under 60 games, blah, blah, blah. Um, home runs allowed 2019. Jared Eikhoff gave up 18 home runs in uh, in that span of time. Ryan Colmere with the Orioles in 2000 had 13 saves. I feel like that could get broken. Um, and then Josh Johnson with the Marlins in 2011, as Rudy alluded to, one of the things that sticks with us pretty pretty highly, uh, he had a 1.64 ERA. Other than that, Cliff Curtis with the Doves, parentheses, Braves in 1909 had a war of 3.8. Hmm. Uh, I think the discussion is going to be pretty similar to hitters, honestly, that we had. Um, unless you, Was there anything that like really was a shocking number to either view on the pitching side of things? Because to me, most of them Not, seem more than attainable. Yeah, most of, most of them seem, yeah, reasonable. I mean, 12 starts is probably the max, maybe 13 somebody's going to get in a season. So, like, nine out of, you know, 12 or 13 starts is a lot of wins. So that would be interesting to see if anybody gets close to that. But Well, guess what? Two, are... two pitchers did last year. Oh, did they? I'll give you a guess at the, at the two that did. Actually, three pitchers did in this stretch. Close I'm to not one. even sorting by woods. Which to the nine-win mark. Actually, one hit. T- one of them hit ten last year. Is this right? Wait, yeah. Three pitchers, or four pitchers last year had nine or more wins from July 23rd wow. to the end of the season. And, and the, oh, as, as Ray said... Yeah, Verlander and Cole were, were the two that I saw two first. 20 game winners. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know um, the, the other two were pretty unexpected, honestly? Um, I'll give you a hint. There's Ru- so many random last year. Rudy, like, Rudy and I were very likely to have seen a lot of these wins based on our fan association. I would assume I watch any regular season baseball. You know what I mean. You get the hint. <laughs> you know, do you know Severino what I'm talking about? Put up a lot of wins? No, Severino was hurt. Never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, There's not that many good Yankees pitchers. Paxton. <laughs> James Paxton won 10 games uh, in that stretch. I remember. Mm-hmm. He won 10 out of 12 like games. Paxton always got real run support last year. Well, he, apparently he did because <laughs> he was he was dealing. He had it. He, he, he only had a three thirty two ERA in that stretch, and yeah, otherwise he was like he was just solid and winning a lot of games. Really says a lot about the measure of wins. Uh, and Mike Clevenger was the other one who won nine nine mm-hmm. games in that stretch. Strikeouts wise, uh, you can probably guess that the Astros duo was. Were the ones that yeah. were leading that bunch by a good margin. Verlander, 128 in in this stretch, and 121 for Garrett Cole. So, what, what was the uh, the the previous 92, 92. for Steven Strasburg? 
yeah, yeah, that's that's gone. That record's gone. <laughs> as good as gone. Again, like looking at actual sixty game seasons is hard because you eliminate so much. Yes. Uh, like you eliminate so many players from contention from you know either stretches if you're considering July twenty third on or if you're considering actual sixty game stretches. Like I think the record for ERA just this sticks out. I think Arietta had like a point seven four something like that in a sixty game stretch in half a season. Might have been Forget even lower. sixty games. Like <laughs> that was. But, yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So especially for pitchers, I think this is you know, all these records are going down. It looks like to me, especially home runs allowed. Like if you're looking at the home run trends lately. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and dive right into some bold predictions then, maybe, because our hope was to, to provide a little context and, and list some of the, the types of numbers that you could expect to see in a 60-game stretch, and maybe that'll help with the bold predictions. Maybe not. The predictions that we have might be so bold that they'll break your mind anyway, and we'll discuss those as we go through them. We have three apiece. So how are we doing scoring? Um, oh, we do have to record that as well. So, do we have the document from last year? Actually, that would be a really easy way to do that. I'm going to look for it. So, what we've done in the past is we have made bold predictions, and then the rest of us essentially arbitrate them, assign them a point value, and if they come true, we get those points, and if they don't, then they're nothing. Uh, the scale we had been doing was 1 to 10, I believe, right? I'm trying to find yes. the... Um, yeah. The least bold and ten being the most. Yes, I okay, believe I am the defending champion. This is I have the twenty eighteen predictions doc open. I have twenty nineteen predictions. Do we I'm have? Did we have the twenty? Oh, nineteen predictions. Here we go. I have it as well. Yeah. All right. Um. So it is a scale of one to ten that we will be assigning, and then the yeah. average of the three that we say will be the point total assigned to it. Hopefully, that's simple enough. If not, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, you probably won't even be around to, to hear us tally them up at the end of the year. And we hardly ever get any of these bold predictions right anyway. So let's go ahead and do it. Let's. Uh, I'm going to randomly decide the order again. Actually, I'm going to go with the reverse order of 2019. So I'm. it will be me, then Ray, then Furbode, then Rudy. Um, and uh -huh. giving our bold predictions. Sound good? Um, I'm going to go ahead and record these in the 2019 doc as well, which might get confusing. So <laughs> bear with me on that one. Um, all right. So my first bold prediction for the 2020 season, um, they're all pretty bold. I was, I was going to say I'm going to go with my least bold one, but they're all pretty bold. You know me. Um, first one, I think Nomar Mazzara will lead baseball in home runs which is crazy. Not even a prodigious home run hitter. Can you explain why you it's think he will? With how long there, has been, there has been a lot of talk about adjustments that he's made. This was more leading up to the, the intended start to the season um, about him hitting more fly balls, which is a change that you, looking at the kind of power potential he had with the Rangers and the types of consistently hitting some of the farthest home runs of the season – um, with the type of power he had when he was with the Rangers, it was always a matter of hitting fewer balls on the ground. 
and, and making that simple adjustment to take more balls in the air. Now, that being said, I don't think he's going to be like a crazy good hitter because of that. I think he's just going to hit more home runs because he's working on it. And dude might hit like 250 and, and not even be like that great of a productive player, but I, I think he's going to lead the league in home runs. If that is something that he has, in fact, been continuing to work on and is working towards during this season. So that's that's my prediction. That's why. That's my explanation. So what do you... I'm going to go with a seven, I think, just because I see your point. I think this season is so wonky as we've... Clearly expressed that anything can happen, but I just feel like there's so many guys ahead of him that it just seems unlikely. So that's fairly bold, I will say. Okay, uh, I will concur with the seven, the decently bold prediction that you know isn't out of the realm of possibility. I um well, I I was gonna go with also a seven. All right, I'm honestly a little shocked at how low those those numbers are. I picked one player out of, and not even like a super likely player to to lead all of baseball in home runs. I'm I'm a little shocked, honestly. I'm only sitting with a seven there, but we'll see. We'll see how bold the rest of your predictions are. So, let's get to Ray's first bold prediction. All right, so this is. I mean, I'm not. This is a weird bold prediction. I think it's just something funny that the Mariners might do. Uh, so I predict that the Mariners will have um, flipped records each half. And what I mean by that is, like, say, for example, they go 20-10 and 10 in the first half, and then they go 10-20 and 20 in the second half, second 30 games of the season. So they're going to finish 500, but they're going to have, like, I guess, like, palindrome records um, in a way, but like, opposite records in – each 30 game half. Okay, I'm going to give you the boldness just for the Seattle Mariners finish 500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of where I was looking at this from. Yeah, like if they were I... to finish 500, that's more or less how I would imagine it going. They would have like a super <laughs> unexpectedly good half and the other half is like, oh, they're the Mariners. So, I, I don't think it's that bold. Though, that being said, even though it is... I just Mariners, went for funny. To be clear, is is the prediction the 500 record, or is it like the back? Is it like the way you laid it out? Which one is the exact? I mean, it's both. It's like the way laid it out. Yeah, so that's I think they have to finish 500. Yeah, but language (laughs) is important there. Are you saying exactly 20, either 2010, 1020, or 1020, 2010? Like it would have to be one of those two. Like well, we're, I not mean, giving I you, we're not giving you credit for like an eleven and nineteen records. Well, how do we I, how do we determine? I will that? commit to winning record first half, uh, flipped losing record second half. But like exactly flipped. Yeah, exactly flipped. Okay. That's why I, came, right, like, right. I just came up with 2010-10-20. I'm gonna give that um, a six myself. Yeah. I was gonna go with a five. Go with a five and a half. Okay, so that. That'll still be a, a six because we round up. I, I will say, though, and you kind of mentioned this last, the Mazar one, I think it's tough just because you went with such a bold one to start that it seemed weird to I give it a 10. But, like, clearly 
given like we're giving this a, a six as the highest, I think that's kind of already setting the standard then. So I guess it, it, it's going to all be in context of the other picks is all I'm trying to say. Hopefully. That's true. Okay, yeah. There will be a baseline established. So Ray's bold prediction, the Mariners will have mirror first, second half records, and that will be six points. For Bode, what's your first bold prediction? My first bold prediction is that Ioannis Cespedes will lead both New York teams in home runs. <laughs> wow. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I give it an eight. It's got it's got to be as bold as mine, even though it's just among the two teams. Like him of all people, I'm gonna say it's a seven. I'm gonna say it's. Oh wait, I think I misunderstood. I thought you were saying that he is gonna play for both teams. No. <laughs> oh, that's that's crazy bold. <laughs> you can make that prediction. I was saying he's basically gonna have more. Home runs uh, than anyone on his team, and he's gonna have more home runs than. That like, would be insane team. that he hits that he hits enough for the Mets. <laughs> yeah, gets gets traded right to the Yankees the and then right leads right. the Yankees enough home runs to lead them in home runs. I like that I'm one more. Six then yeah, that would be an eleven. I'll give it a. I think it's like just as bold as No Mar Mazzara. Honestly, maybe not actually, but like just considering well, you, how you many guys. Of the guys on the team, like there's Pete Alonso. I mean, and then uh, if you go even. Look at the Yankees, Stanton, Judge, Labor. Like, there's definitely guys who, on paper, should hit way more home runs than them. I, I, I am gonna actually give it a notch. I'm gonna give it a six as well, just a notch below the Nomar Mazzara. So, so, so this matches the Mariners finishing 500. Interesting. Boy, these are weird arbitrations. It's gonna happen that way. It's okay. Yeah. Probably none of these are gonna come true. Just fair warning. So I have it as an eight. Oh, you said eight. So it's a seven. I said eight. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. All right. Rudy, what's your first bold prediction? My first bold prediction is that four teams in the NL Central, them being all but the Pirates, though I do like the Pirates' new logo with the mask, um, will all finish with the same record. Oh. Oh, ho, ho. I'm wondering what that record would most likely be. Four-way tie for first place. <laughs> Wait, don't you... I mean, I guess this is maybe separate from your predictions. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he didn't... Yeah, there were, they would have to do play-ins, and somebody would come out on top, so... You can just say that the Reds won the tiebreaker in my other predictions. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I, I like the prediction. Um... What what record would that have to be? Well, I mean, if you're, I'm trying, I'm trying right. to think of. I would think mathematically. Right. Go ahead. No, because I think I saw it. Top three can finish on some predictions, all one game over five hundred. But assume those all. I would have to look, but maybe it's mathematically not even possible. Well, so let's just assume it is and give okay. me your rate. I'll. I'll give that an eight. Like, come on. Like, all like four teams finishing with the same. I know it's a shorter season, but that's that's pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that. A, I'll give that a nine. Also, considering that Rudy was talking about how, like, playing in and like only a divisional schedule, will, like, 
may go with a eight. So it's glad. is it an eight then? What was this the second one? Yeah. yeah. Eight. Okay. I, I said yeah. All right. So we'll we're back to the we're back to the top here. I will give my my second prediction. We we've been very bold so far, and I'm gonna continue to do so. Um, I predict that the Tigers will have the highest team batting average in the Central. Well, maybe not that bold because it's within a division, but the Tigers. <laughs> did you just like downplay your own bold prediction? <laughs> I did a little bit because I don't know. It's the Tigers having the highest team batting average in the in the AL Central, though. Like that's. I'm gonna give that a considering what we've said so far. I'm only giving it a six because they actually do have a lot of like high-ish average guys. Like all they do is get on base. I feel like, and the when I think of the AL Central, I feel like most of those teams don't have those type of players as their main offensive weapons. So I, I, just, I think that, like there is a universe that happens, honestly. I was going to give that a four because wow. I do, I do, I agree with Rudy. I think there's a universe that happens, but just to show how much, how less bold I think it is in the first round of boldness, I'm going to give it a four. I set the bar too high. Yeah, I'm going to go sweat right down the middle, go with a five. Okay, so that's a five. Yes. All right. So, so now far, it's Ray. Our lowest bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, for my second bold prediction, this concerns MVP voting. Uh, in the National League, I will say that Didi Gregorius will finish second behind Mookie Betts in MVP voting. Whoa. Whoa. So does Mookie Betts have to be first? No. Or does, is it just Didi Gregorius? Well, I, mean, I, I, would, I would just... My, no, this is pairing with my prediction. That, that's just that's just the context I gave it. Oh, okay. I, I was just making sure like you weren't saying like that's the order. No, 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 no. That's not a condition. Yeah. Okay. That's very bold, sir. It is very bold. You're it's very high on the <laughs> I'm not very. I'm, I don't know. I like him in a short. Stretch. I love Sir Didi as much as anybody, and he is in a great ballpark for his swing. Man, again. tanked one off Scherzer. <laughs> It's got. It's still. Mm. I'm gonna give it a seven. You asked for bold predictions. I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm gonna give it an eight, and I love him too. But no. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a nine. So an eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. For both. Next one. Mine is also going to be uh, related to the MVP. Um, MVP voting. I had this one last year. Uh, I'm going to say Miguel Cabrera will be a top three MVP candidate. Oh, my God. Doubling <laughs> down. My goodness. Uh, I'll give that one an eight. Sure. I'll concur with an eight. Is this is this Farbode's equivalent to Uwe's uh, Trey Turner pick? Wait, say it one more time. I missed Miguel it. Cabrera will finish top three in MVP voting this year. What? <laughs> <laughs> Delayed reaction from Rudy. What is that? <laughs> nah. Nah, fam. That's a nine, dude. That ain't gonna happen. Okay, Just so that's a, that rounds up to a nine, then. 
Yeah. My God. Last year, this year we're we're out of nine. All right. Uh, Rudy, your second bold prediction. All right. So in the KBO, Mel Rojas Jr. hit from if my calculations are correct. 21 home runs in 60 games. So I don't think any MLB player is going to break that standard for this season. So that, yes, that was just a fun way of saying that no MLB players can hit more than 21 home runs, but I liked adding the key KBO research into it. That's bold. You don't think anybody will hit more than 21 home runs? We, we just talked about this. I mean, we going through the record books of, the, the most so far in the MLB has been 24, and then that's bold. just to be provocative. I mean, you just said Miguel Cabrera is going to win, going to be top three. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that is very true. But I, I'm, I'm not saying it's it doesn't. We're fit crediting this, you with like, with ex, with high level of boldness here. With thank you. Shock and awe. Mm. I mean, I guess it could happen. And I, would you get these points if the season just didn't go 60 games? Or yeah. is part of it a 60-game season? <laughs> no, no, the point isn't within 60 games. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. That's fine. Okay. That, okay, I'll, I'll arbitrate fairly then. Because if they just shut down in two weeks, I'm not counting that. <laughs> um, give it a six. That's it? That's it. I was going to give it eight. Yeah, I was gonna go with eight as well. Wow. What I can also see a scenario where they just decided to f with the balls again because they're like short season, nobody's gonna notice anyway. And something. Oh, they're for sure doing that. That's a zero. That's happening. They have to with it without the short season. Yeah, that's true. They did it in the playoffs, apparently. Um, so what is the the final? There's seven. Is that what we landed on? Well, we have two eights and one six. Two eights and a six is a seven. Oh no. Well, I guess it's still an eight. That feels weird, though. Okay, I guess. Uh, I guess it is. Yeah, I'll give you an eight. I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna feel cheated if if you get wave some shenanigans here, though. <laughs> you said no player will hit more than twenty one, right? Or did you say not even match it? More than. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's let's yeah. keep it going. It's back to me. And my last one here will be all right. Here's 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 a decently bold one here. I'm gonna predict that both of the Diamondback Martes, Starlin and Cattell, they will both be in the top five in National League OPS this season. Ooh. So if you really like OPS as, as the measure of offensive production, I'm going to predict that the two of them will be two of the five best wow. National League hitters. I, get, I can see Cattell maybe breaking in, but Starling is, is interesting as, in terms of with just how much power there is in the NL. Swipe bold. Yeah, I mean, Yoannis Cespedes there, man. Yeah. Silent, <laughs> silent might struggle. That's true. Uh, so it's OPS, to be clear. Yeah. Last season, yes. Starling Marte had an 845 OPS in what is arguably yeah. his best season. <laughs> so it would be quite a jump. 
<laughs> that would happen. <laughs> like given the context of what we said before, I'm only gonna give it a six. But okay. I, I do yeah. think it's like it is very bold. I just we're the standards are very high in this. That's true. I, I, that's fair. I'll take that. I'll give it a seven. For me, I was I, I'm gonna give it a seven as well. I don't see both players sneaking in there. I like your boldness. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, so that's that's a seven then. Seven seven five? Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. let's hear it, Ray. Last one. So we've talked about how you know conceivably somebody could hit four hundred in the season. I am predicting that that will not happen, but more specifically, I'm predicting that somebody will hit three ninety nine this season. Wow! Like specifically, they will that fall just short of four hundred. Yes, batting average. Are you at nine? Yeah, just because of how, like, if you're making that specific three ninety nine, because I could see someone falling like one hit short of. How mad are you gonna be if, like, but if, if when when Jeff McNe- when Jeff McNeil on the last day of the season goes three for four to bump his three ninety nine average up to four hundred or whatever it is. Are you, how mad are you going to be? Uh, I might be mad, especially if like one of those hits is like one that should have been an error, but they gave it to him <laughs> four hundred. Like, calling no. it now. <laughs> I'm calling it for you. It's going to be Jeff McNeil. I, I will. I will say my. If you guys had pressed me to name a certain guy, I was going to say Merrifield. For, I don't know why he just popped in my head first. He's a fun one too. Are, are, wait, I'm, so are we also going to add the in a 60-game season stipulation to this one? Yes, yes. I guess we can add that to all of these, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So I think just because it is specifically 399 and not 398 or 400, I think it, it's a 10. Wow, okay. Uh, Rudy, where where are we at with you? What did you give it? What is my last prediction? Um, what no. would you arbitrate this one at? This prediction. I thought I said. Wait, I, don't I think I mi- I just missed it. Possibly. <laughs> wait, what? Um, I'm like cutting out. Sorry. Someone hitting three ninety nine this year. Yeah. Exactly. I, thought I said nine. Okay, I, I must have missed it. Um. Okay, so that's All good. that rounds up to a ten then, because we're going to give it a ten. There you go. All right, uh, Farbode, last one. Um, so we know both of the Chris Davises. I think this year Chris Davis on the Orioles will hit more home runs and have a higher war than Chris Davis on the Athletics. Wow, that's a twofer. Two, so homers and have a higher war. Yeah. Well, that the war one. Well, he, the, he is a negative war player. That is that is kind of bold. Both he's of not them were DH. last year. Yeah, but he's but Chris Davis is a DH, or K. Chris Davis is a DH. No, we've established he is the Chris Davis. The other one is now Cyrus Davis. All right, Cyrus Davis getting bold with it. Um, well, after this season, he won't be. I can because it's just two players, and I can see it swinging one way or the other. Pretty effect. I, that's not that bold, honestly. I think it's like a, a four. 
was really? using five. It's right down the middle. Oh, Rudy said I, I missed Rudy's again then, I guess. So five. Is that correct? Okay. Nobody's saying anything. All right. Uh, Rudy. I agree. Okay. I don't think I have to say anything. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I I wasn't sure if I missed yours, but let's, let's hear your last prediction. Okay. I think that other Chris Davis is going to have another 247 batting average season. That's a one. (laughs) Two only because he didn't do it last year, but still. Yeah. True. Good point. But two Chris Davis predictions, who had that for bold predictions? I did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Remember last year when Uwe and I had the exact same bold prediction? Chris Davis, bold predictions are so 2019. I'm just saying. Or 2018. I'm pretty disappointed in you. Uwe totally stole my Royals uh, bold prediction last year. What was uh, what was it last year? Chris Davis. They, they would finish second in the Central. Oh. Oh, I, I said it before you. Though, you so said that, it. and I was like, uh, mind. <laughs> well, we, we, we got to arbitrate the last one quickly. I, I, I'm actually giving it a one. I'll leave it at two. Yeah, two, only because he didn't do it last year. How does that make it more less less bold? It makes it more bold. He would have given it a one if he didn't. If he hit if he hit two forty seven last year. All right, I'm gonna replace it then because that's unacceptable. I'm gonna say Justin Upton wins comeback player of the year. All right, that's. I also don't think it's that bold. Pretty good ball player. <laughs> he, he had a terrible season last year, but if you, in a his numbers in a full season last year projected to thirty-one homers and over hundred RBIs. So if you only look at those stats, he did. He he would win comeback player of the year. This is brutal. It's a tough crowd. All right, all right. Last are, you gonna, one. are you gonna do one? Are you gonna try one more? All right. Yasuo Puig will lead a team in more. <laughs> a Nashville team. <laughs> I didn't say a major league team. I said a team. <laughs> Even that's kind of bold. <laughs> Is he going to Mexico? All right. I don't know. Somewhere. I'll give it. I'll give it a. I, I'm not even going to give it that high because he could join a really bad team like pretty soon. I'm going to give it like a. I'm going to give it a three. Damn. Just because I All think right. it's so possible that he just joins the Marlins and leads them in war easily. And opening day is on Thursday. Yeah, I was going to go with yeah, the but... six. Thank you. Wow, Someone okay. respect you. Four. So is that a five? Um, I guess. Yeah, it's about four, so it's five. We round up here. All right. The lowest boldness of any prediction is five. So yeah. overall, pretty bold. Was I the lowest average boldness? Yeah. How did that happen? Well, uh, to be I fair, incredibly specific. <laughs> to be fair, that that first bold prediction I had though might have been a little little undervalued, underwhelming, or undervalued. I don't know. But I think that that was a good round of bold predictions. I was impressed. I'm pretty disappointed. I was. And, in, um, I'm going to be honest. In past years, some of the predictions that you guys have had, I'm like, well, that's not even that bold. 
but this year none of them. All of them were well, quite. I old. just went incredibly specific. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, not a, I, I'm pretty disappointed in Ray. He um, didn't go with the thing. His version of Trey Turner for MVP that he has. Um, Ray didn't go with what's his name, uh, Tim Tebow. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Is he even on the 60 man roster? No, that's the not. only thing. He's not. Um, but anything can happen. This is going to be a wild, wild season, and I'm here for all. The Tim Tebow it. predictions will return next season. All right, back to your regularly scheduled Tim yeah. Tebow programming. Well, that is it for today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed these predictions. Let us know your boldest predictions. Uh, you can do that by commenting on this podcast or by connecting with us on social media. Let us know at BeatTheShiftBP on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can also check us out, BeatTheShiftBaseball.com. That's where all our podcasts are, articles, everything like that you can find there. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast if you did enjoy. Thank you all so much for sticking around this long. Enjoy the regular season. It's here at last. As always, Farbode. Peace.